1: yeah so today's gonna to be interesting <laughs> take a deep breath y'all yeah. <laughs> breathe in this moment let's just take a collective inhale and exhale mm-hmm. i just kind of arrive because i don't know we've been all over the place talking about things as we do because that's what air signs do is we we're yeah. like butterflies we are with the wind um <laughs> We are with the
0: wind, indeed.
1: Yes. We've been a lot of places already today. We've been on very many adventures already before hitting record. So, Um, But it is episode 136. And Vanessa, what are we going to talk about today? Well, y'all, on the
0: last episode, you heard how we got very, very excited about the societal norm series type behavior that we felt like we were we were heading towards so we're gonna we're running with it as as we do we're running with it um and today we're going to focus on societal norms as it as it relates to our bodies and i know right this is a big topic we also very much have like we still have up our um body series episodes up there that have um, plenty tons and tons and tons of information we may touch on some of that here Um, but please if you if this is like sparks anything with you absolutely go back and you know find those episodes and listen to them also um, because it's a big it's a big one like we're opening the can the whole can of worms today and we're gonna see where it takes us
1: it's not just a 14 ounce can. It is one of those mega cans. Like, yeah, It's a tall boy. Yeah. <laughs> a Costco is- sized. <laughs> like <laughs> and something that we could probably talk about for hours, but we will yes. do our best to be very succinct and do a rambly, but yet, contain it to an hour because i listened to last week's podcast and i'm like oh we talk for a long time yeah we do well because That's we wonderful yeah, yeah if, like we
0: go we go we go we go and 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 it's funny because like we were talking about before um i'm in this like documentary phase of my of my life which i go in and out of it um i subscribe to pbs documentaries because i love pbs and i feel like mm. and i was watching a Nova one last night and they talk for hours too. You know, like, it's kind of like, it is what happens when you're like discussing like deep topics. You know what I mean? Like, uh, especially when you're deep thinkers like we are, we're, we're discoverers, we're curious, we're like, we're, we're processing as we're doing it. So yep. this is why it happens this way.
1: hundred percent. And you know, and I'm here for it, but <laughs> yeah. So bodies, we (laughs) yeah i have to take another deep breath (laughs) yeah so when we're talking about societal norms in our bodies you know we kind of have to go to that space of like where did these things like get created like what what happened i mean if we go far pretty far back there are cultures who like say for example you're a person who's of a larger size there are cultures who revel in that because to them, it means there's bounty. It yeah. to them, it meant they had a great year of crops because your body was able to gain weight and it wasn't a year of survival to them. Even now it can mean great wealth, abundance. It means that to them, Yes. but like everything and you know, I'm a white girl. And I know I talk a lot about patriarchy and I talk a lot about, you know, how the white man kind of came in and destroyed a lot of things. Well, I feel this is one of them as well because yeah, you know, I mean with all of the, and I'm already like, my heart is already like angry um, because I, because I think I suffer from that result of what they did in a lot of ways. Now, understand when we're talking about societal norms. This is kind of a disclaimer. This doesn't mean that you, you don't, you're not taking responsibility for your body and your connection to your body. That's something that's deeply important to me that we realize, but in understanding how things influence you and how society has influenced your idea of what your body should look like. That is the problem. That's the part that we need to kind of shift. And, and I feel that that's the part that we need to, when we're on our journey with our bodies that we need to focus on. We have to reprogram ourselves to see and think of things differently other than what society has taught us. Now, there's my disclaimer. So way back when men, men, um, you know, created this idea. I mean, look at what they did with the witches. And it isn't about witchcraft. It was about controlling people who were Mm self-sufficient, people who were able to heal themselves using what they had at hand, herbs, plants, like the things that they learned how to do from their ancestors. Like they, but because there was no money made from it or because somebody needed to blame somebody, then it had nothing to do really with witchcraft at all, at all. Now, yes, men also got killed in this era, but the majority of people that died because of that was just another place of of the white man saying what you should and should not do, what is right or wrong. Mm -hmm. And
0: yeah, because in other cultures, magic, magic, right? Like, or, or something that would be interpreted as witchcraft was reveled still and yes. still is, you know, like medicine women in, in Native American culture, you know, in, in Spanish cultures, like in, in, in tons of Creole cultures, like there's tons of, of, of people that still saw it as a beautiful, wonderful thing, loved the idea of it. And it wasn't about control. It, it became, you know, it definitely
1: originated. <laughs> And it also, I mean, and it started many moons before. I mean, the Romans, uh, well, it it was funny. Going back to the, the documentary thing, like we've both been on this kick of like understanding things. So we just had a huge discussion on this. But even going back to Roman times, there was a group of people prior to the Romans that really created all the things the Romans took credit for. Well, in their, all their paintings on all their tombs and all the things, you see women being included in their celebrations, but then you go to the Greeks who would not, who excluded women. And I know I'm I'm very woman focused, but I'm a woman, so whatever. And it's my podcast, it's our podcast. We can do it. (laughs) Um, So it, if you look at the greeks and and, the, and it looks like they kind of resembled some of like the gods and the, what they what they worshiped as the greeks did but the greeks excluded women whereas these and i don't remember the names of it and i wish i did but it was a really weird name and i don't remember um but they included women mm-hmm. And then when the Romans took, when they the, their culture kind of died out and the Romans kind of took credit for everything, they went back to the Greek way of things and excluded women. So this is like, we have to understand is that a lot of these tendencies come from this idea and this, this sense of like someone's opinion. It isn't, there isn't somewhere, a rule book somewhere that says, if you look like this, if you appear like this, Or you appear like that that you are less than human or that you are less lovable desirable and whatever the problem is is that as that translate all of that stuff translate into modern day you know you started in the 40s and the 50s when they started doing advertising with makeup like for a minute the wearing red lipstick was evil and then you get into like the, the, between the 30s and the, the 60s where it was fashionable. And, you know, y- you know, it went from being you're a whore to you're beautiful. Like, mm-hmm. who said that? Who made that decision? Like, who said that? Yeah, exactly. It's my all favorite up. phrase. Yeah. It's all made up, y'all. It is. <laughs> we, it's you know, and I think when when you're into like I think we are like debunking a lot of these thought processes, these decisions, these things that have handed to us as this is just what it is. The more we see the 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 fallacy of everything we've learned, of everything we've understood, mm-hmm. and
0: yeah, and I think well, and I think for us as air signs, it's a little bit easier for us to just let it float. You know what I mean? Where we're just like, well, it's not true. We don't need any other truth to to replace it. But some people are like, well, then what is it? And I'm like, nothing. You make it up as you go along. And like, you know, I can do that. Like I can, I can absolutely be like, it was all made up. And so today I'm going to make up something different, or today I'm going to live you know, in what it feels like, I get that. You know, it's not easy for everybody to do that. I do feel like that's a little bit of an air signy thing where we yes. can accept, we can just accept the debunking as debunking. Like yes. we don't need to replace it with something else. We don't have to hold on to something else and preach something else. We can, we are like preaching
1: just that we just let it go yes.
0: <laughs> and let get it float to
1: the wind. <laughs> It also gives us a, a permission to kind of float in the ambiguity, ambiguity of everything. Like, I don't need a rule to say what's pretty or not pretty. I don't need a rule to say what is, you know, what is fashionable or not. It's like it's extending into that. I'm going to make things my own. Like, right? Because of yeah. why does
0: it matter? Right? Like so. Like the thing about it being that these opinions. Everybody has an opinion, right? Like what I find beautiful, another person may not find beautiful and that's okay. But if that other person has a strong desire to have community around that thing and they are very persuasive and manipulative, then they are going to get into the psyche of people in order to create that community or to create whatever it is that they're looking for. Whereas I won't because I don't care. Like, it doesn't matter to me if you, you you don't need to see it the way I see it, because it doesn't matter. I don't need you to see it that way. I just need to see it that way.
1: Yeah. And, you know, and really the fact of the matter is, like, I think the idea of the societal norms when it comes to bodies is so exacerbated now with social media. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, it started, like you said,
0: it started way back with like advertising was like one of the major things that brought this up. I mean, again, like things have been around for a while, you know, like we, we understand when we go and we look at Egypt and, and makeup and like, we watch the same Bailey Syrian makeup. So it's, it's, it's on my brain too, of just kind of being like, it was there then it was just different. Right. Because there was, it wasn't like. In your face the same way that it is in our face now. Like our society now has everything in our face and it started like really ramping up with advertisements and things like that. Otherwise it was just personal experience. Yeah. Right. Like prior to like TV and newspapers and things, you like walked on the street
1: and saw somebody with makeup or you didn't. Yeah. And that's the that's the experience you had. I mean I mean, look at the Egyptians. I mean, they they went full on full eyeliner. So like <laughs> Some days. Yeah. I am like in it. (laughs) And women, that's the thing. It's like men and women. It's, it's, I could, this is such a rabbit hole for me because I, I struggle. And so let's, let's talk about our physical appearances and how, you know, it started with a lot of advertising, you know, how, you know, wear this and you'll be beautiful. And so that if you couldn't wear it, you weren't beautiful. It was like decisions were made through advertising that would say to you, I mean, some of these advertisers are super like, don't be, uh, don't be dumpy. And, and like, you know, and it was like, they would actually be offensive and it was allowed. and, and that generation created this mindset of what was pretty like my mother would never leave the house without her makeup on ever like she's a product of some of that generation in the 50s where she was taught that you know and, and her grand my grandmother never wore makeup ever ever but i don't know but my mom being influenced by whomever was like the makeup queen but yeah here i am i swung the pendulum the other way and i don't ever wear makeup because Yeah, I just can't be bothered. But I love it. And I think, but even when I somebody else does it for me, I think I look ridiculous. Like, I don't know how that is. But there it is. But anyways, (laughs) but it's it's there. It's, you know, I I think the problem I have is that we've given the away our freedom to choose what we like. Like, we we've given up the idea of do i do i like this i mean there are some people in my life who love makeup it's their thing it's their jam and i am so happy for them because they are artists when it comes to makeup mm-hmm. and and there are people who in my life who don't wear it and i'm absolutely on board with them too because it's what they have different passions when it comes to their body and what they like some people are high fashion love the new stuff love feeling pretty love dresses great there are some people who don't and that's fine too but when we get into societal norms about what pretty looks like it prevents us from doing so many things that maybe our heart wants to do maybe you know it's like i have a friend who i don't think i have one picture of us together because she refuses to take pictures with of together of us Either because she judges me and I'm not picture perfect, or she judges herself and she's not picture perfect. And it sucks because I have no pictures of us together, of doing the fun things we used to do. Yeah. And I hate that. Mm -hmm. Because obviously, because I don't want to be judged by by a friend. But the other part of it, too, is that that I hate that because society looks a certain way on social media, because society has told her that she can't because she doesn't look good, that she can't make visible memories with people.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think like when you were talking about advertisements, I was thinking in my head, like, about the duality of what the advertisements were doing and their intention of doing it. Like it's, it's, it's about like, especially when you're talking about like women, I mean, we are women, so it's easier for us to get into that experience um, than getting into the experience of what it's like for men. Um, But they have their own, they have their own situations. Um, But the idea of like, not only is it telling us what's beautiful but it's telling other people what's beautiful. And again, like getting into the psyche of people to be like, even if you thought that this was beautiful, now you don't.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: Like, like training people to believe that that shifts based on whatever, you know, clever thing that we've, that we've shown you. Right. Like whatever psychological tactic that we're using. Right. So like, I mean, we joke about the, um, you know, like the nightgowns, right. Like you see that meme that goes around. That's like, you know, you, you all want to buy this victorious secret, but look at what was given grandma, like 11 babies. Right. Like, <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's so like, it's like grandpa didn't care about the lingerie because it was something else that was, that was, you know, driving that. But the people who wanted the lingerie to be bought learned how to get into the psyche of people, both the women and the 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 people who would be looking at it, which back then, you know, targeted towards men because of the heterosexual obsession that we had, like to make them be like, Oh, this is what you want to see. Right. Like, and, and like using music and using images and things like that. And then women are like, yeah, I mean, if that's what you want, then that's what I've got to be. And just like, really, when you go into the, the idea of, of the advertisement training, everybody, right. It's kind of like, dang it. And like, turn it right back around. I mean, men were in control and they did the smart thing because they didn't do that to themselves. (laughs) They did the opposite. You can have a dad bod because it means that you are laid back. It means that you are fun. It means that you, you know, like, like, like you know how to enjoy life. What? (laughs) Like, what? But then on the other opposite, you know, like not to not I know that there's a lot of men out there that struggle to, you know because there are a lot of men that judge themselves because of their quote unquote dad bod because they want the attention of women so now they have this idea that like you get a certain type of woman with this body and you get a certain type of woman with this body and what's the woman i want right because of what i've been trained to want it's when we go down this rabbit hole the whole entire thing is what we said at the beginning somebody makes something up because they have a motivation and then they learn how to get into the psyche of whomever it is that they want to buy into it for for their purpose whatever their purpose is control power money Yeah. (laughs) yeah right like whatever it is right because that's that's it right like if i if i have red hair and i want people to think that red haired people are awesome well then i'm going to get into the psyche of people and train them to believe whatever i, I want to believe what i want them to believe about that right i'm not looking for money but i'm looking for something and that's how all of this happened because yeah. think about the reality of just showing up with a body on earth it really is like and not and please don't mistake me for being christian and biblical but like We're here to like eat, sleep, breathe, and procreate. (laughs) Like all this other shit that we made up is literally made up and has nothing to do with our survival.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And it's funny that you said that because in my mind, as I was talking, I I said to myself, I heard that like, yeah, and we've done a disservice to men to telling them that if they like a person who's not maybe societal norm, that- they can't, or that they're wrong, or that they shouldn't, or that it's not in fashion or pretty. And, you know, that's, we've done disservice to both sides of it. And to men, men struggle too, with the idea of like, Mm -hmm. maybe they're not, they don't have the six pack, and they're jacked up, and women like that, and women, whatever. And it's, and it's, And we've we've also, we perpetuated both sides of that coin in a sense of teaching men to be insecure about their bodies, about who they are. Are they macho or are you a sissy boy? Like, what the fuck? No, no. You don't get to make people feel horrible because your inability to be in touch with who you are emotionally, because maybe you have trauma. And maybe, maybe that you're like that because there's trauma in your life. But for fuck's sakes, like, do we have to do that to everybody? I I just, I get so so mad. I know,
0: because it really is pointless. I mean, and I think that that's what I get mad about. Because I'm like, is this really what we're going to waste our energy on? Yeah. Like, we could be roaming around having a good time. We could absolutely, we're getting in our own way by creating all this dumb shit. Like it could, life could be so much simpler and happier for everybody if we could just drop this shit, but we can't, you know what I mean? Like uh, as a collective, this is like so ingrained. I mean, the amount of times that I've had conversations with both men and women where it's like, this is, you know, the optimal body type. And I'm like, why? Yeah. Like, tell me why, because it's healthier. Okay. Is it though? Right. Because like, sometimes it isn't right. If you're over exercising, that's not good for you
1: either. You know, like, and that may not be good for every single person, oh, but maybe you're know, like sick or they have an eating disorder, or maybe the person doesn't have enough money for food. But that's why they're so thin. Maybe, yeah. maybe they've had major surgery and they're recovering from major surgery. and, and, and cause like, how the fuck do you know? Like, that this is the optimal body shape like but then it it even doesn't matter right because it's kind of like
0: what do you care i mean that that to me is the is the question that it's kind of like what what do you actually care what how are they harming you yeah by being who they are yeah like most of the time it's nothing right like you know what i mean like if you don't like that body shape because you look at it and it does not do anything for you that's fine just move on you don't have to turn it into a thing like where you make that person feel bad because it's part part of it is attraction you know like i know what i'm attracted to i had a, i was joking with with somebody about it you know like and i think i said in the last podcast you know of like a certain body types some of them are attracted to me and some are not but it's an instinctual there's something else going on it's not me evaluating whether or not they're healthy or me evaluating whether or not they're whatever it's just like a feeling that i have and it's not even across the board because different people make me feel different way it's energy that is coming off of their actual body not their body shape more than anything but like it's like when we talk about like facial features and things like that we all have types we all have faces that we look at and we just are like that face does it for me. And other ones where we're like, I don't judge you, but you're not doing that for me. You know, like, and, but it's okay. We have this obsession with having to evaluate for what reason, you know, like that to me is like, the, the, all, it's always like, what reason, what, what do you, what are you afraid of that you feel like you need to evaluate and tell people how, how to be like, do you think that every, that, the, that, everybody is going to die out because they're unhealthy is that like because i'll talk to you about it i mean i'm curious i'm always curious i try to ask the questions i'm curious like wait what help me understand your point of view i'm probably not going to buy into it but i want to understand where you're coming from you know like and more often than not it is that they've been trained yeah
1: yeah absolutely you know and and I'm not discounting the trauma that people have around sexuality, if they were abused or, you know, that's a factor too. So it's, there's so many factors, but I think so many of us feel like we don't fit in and that there's a need to feel like, you know, oh, if I have a girlfriend that looks, or a boyfriend or a partner that looks like this, that means I'm winning in life, right? Right? Like, that means I'm worthy of something. There's a deeper conversation than just that as well. I mean, there's there's a, what what meaning do you make behind that body shape or that body type? And that we are going so far as to just dating somebody because they look a certain way, but not understanding the deeper part of the human being in that you know you may date someone who looks like that but how is their mental health Mm -hmm. can you actively support somebody maybe that person has some sort of like dysmorphia of their body or maybe they're struggling with it and and are you here to support them in that or are you going to just exacerbate it and then the minute that that changes for them because they're healing are you out are you here for the person or here for the aesthetics? That's another thing to consider. And I think it it, it happens in both courts. It happens on both sides of that equation. It's not just women.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, I mean, I think this harks back to the idea of our talk about relationships and the societal norms, about what that is supposed to look like and how that can exacerbate, you know, who you date and what they look like. And the idea of health. Okay. I understand that, you know, health has come a long way and they have a lot of knowledge. I'm not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Science is pretty good. Science has done a lot for us. I'm here because of science. You know, I have I have longevity in my chronic illness because of science. I get that. And I'm not here to discount it. But let me tell you something. <laughs> when you're talking about the size of your body and the health of your body, you have, we have no idea. Okay. We have guidelines sure we have markers yeah but some of these systems are outdated some of these systems are so outdated because so just recently i read there was a major like government body that governs the health system was throwing out the idea of the bmi because the bmi is so highly inaccurate And it's, and it's an outdated tool to, to calculate, to discover, like whether it comes to underweight, normal weight, obesity, whatever, like it is an outdated tool because it takes no factors because I, I've suffered at the hands of my BMI my whole life when I was skinny When I was overweight, when I was kind of in the middle, at every point, no matter what I did or where I was physically, I have always been overweight. Mm -hmm. But there have been times in my life where I was optimally physically healthy, but yet the BMI said that I wasn't. So the doctors treated me as if I wasn't. Mm -hmm. So these tools that are being used by modern medicine, overused... (laughs) You know, telling us whether our bodies are good or our bodies are worthy and that pe- those people that would be like, well, you know, I want somebody who's healthy and whatever. How do you know they're not healthy? Right. You know, and what is health? What is healthy? You mean somebody with no type of illness or symptoms or anything like that? I don't know where you're going to find that person. Yeah. And you can
0: also can't guarantee it forever. because yeah. Environment exists.
1: Environmental things. You know our gut system the food that we eat you know the degradation of some of that like how how can you guarantee that person's never going to get sick i know the healthiest people i mean remember that guy that jack somebody or other who was this major health nut did all the things told you to do all the things the running he dropped dead during jogging because his heart gave out like i don't remember. It was, it was a long time ago. Like it had to be in like the, maybe the sixties to the eighties. I don't remember, but there was some. I do remember
0: Bob from the biggest loser who I love having a heart attack and being like, interesting.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was He's dope. a freaking trainer
0: on the biggest loser and he did something
1: right. Like to me, it was like something happened. Yep. So you yep. care of yourself and your heart wasn't happy still. So you know, you don't know that somebody doesn't have genetic predispositions because it's in their family. You don't know anything. So if you're using that health thing, I think you need to rethink your conversation, what healthy is, because there's no person in this world that is guaranteed that they're going to be live a long life without any type of medical need.
0: And again, like I feel like people would just throw the word around like it's a blanket word. Like I'm I'm constantly like asking people, what does that mean to you? Mm -hmm. Like, because are you using the word healthy and you're really just saying this is what I'm attracted to? Because that's what you need to say because otherwise you're calling people unhealthy when really you're just not attracted to them and that's okay. You're not, you don't don't have to be attracted to every single person, you know, like you're allowed to be attracted to whatever you're attracted to, but know why and know what language to use so that you're not being a dick, (laughs) right? Like, you know, like to be able to say that, right? Like to me, it's like, I don't, when I think of healthy, right. Because I, I think of myself as on a health mission, there are certain things that are not going to mesh well with my life. Right. Like, like it's, for instance, I will just give a real, for instance, in my last relationship, um, it came into my viewpoint of being like, let's be realistic about how our lives in mesh really like how our eating habits in mesh, how our exercise habits in mesh, how like, are our lives compatible? And it was like, no, they're not like almost at all. Right. Like my idea of what I like to eat and how I like to fuel my body, very vastly different. Guess what that means? That means when we make meals, it's going to be a hot mess right? Like if one or the other, and I'm not going to budge, right? Like I know, I knew in my head, like, wow, I don't want to eat that food. I know I don't want to eat that food. So we're gonna, we're gonna butt heads a little bit here and there, right? Like, or not here and there, probably every day, right? Like if it's that vastly (laughs) different, that's important to know. That doesn't mean that I go and be like, you're unhealthy and blah, blah, blah. It's just kind of like, I just don't think our lifestyles match. Period. End of story. You will find somebody whose lifestyle matches yours and you will not have these fights. Yep. And that's it. Or like, you know, if I'm working out and and you want to be spending time with me and I want to be working out, that's going to be a lifestyle problem for us that I don't, ca- I don't care if you do or do not work out, but I want to be able to, right? Like, and that's not a fight I'm willing, that, that, I, that I'm willing to have. It's, being realistic about your lives together versus all of that, like, oh, I want somebody who's healthy. No, you don't. Maybe you want somebody who works out with you because you like that. That's different. You can say that. That's okay. That doesn't mean everybody else is bad or horrible. You have to judge them. You just say, hey, man, that's not for me. That's not my, that's how, that's not how my lifestyle fits, you know, because that's the reality that like of why it matters, right? Like to uh, to bring it back around and be like, why does it freaking matter? Why do you need to talk about that person's life? What does it matter to you? What are you afraid is going to happen to you if that person doesn't get healthy in yep. your mind? Nothing. Literally nothing. The person on the street that you just walked by that you decided is unhealthy has zero bearing on your life. Move on. <laughs> let, let it freaking go
1: <laughs> if we get into this fra- phase of needing to judge someone yeah like judgment doesn't need to happen to be discerning yeah. and yeah. you know so I, I and it doesn't matter you're wasting your energy exactly <laughs> but let's let's kind of switch our attention to our own personal beliefs about our body and about what they need to look like, and and the struggle that we have, and the struggle that we may have with the outside world, and and especially, I mean, I am hyper focused about social media because it's it's so relevant to everybody these days. And like being an entrepreneur, you look at social media, and and you know, and because what do we do? We look to social media to find influencers. Who are talking about the things we we are focused on, like whether it's working out, whether it's food health, whether it's business help, whatever it is we're doing. But I think my opinion is that we give too much power away to the people that call themselves subject matter experts or people that are trying to sell their shit.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And big time. I think that we have stopped learning what is right for us and just listening and taking someone's word as it's true like that's the only way or this person has it this person is the person because this person knows everything and i i really want to caution us all of us to not do that and and let's okay let's talk about food all right let's talk about the physical feeding ourselves there are many different systems of diets, ways of eating out there. And, you know, and I have seen so many people say, this is the only way to do this, or this is the only way to lose weight. You want to lose weight like this? They're discounting everything but their system because they're trying to sell something. Mm. Don't drink that Kool-Aid because I'm telling you what, the more you can if you're looking outside of yourself for a quick fix or the thing that's going to help you do what you need to do it's not always going to be there you are an individual person your body is is its own ecosystem and this is what i've learned i i used to be a chronic dieter okay i have been thin overweight middleweight skinny thin like i have i have done it so many fucking times but I keep coming back to where I'm at now. So that tells me many things. One of them is, is that I'm going out of out of myself to find the answer. Mm-hmm. I am also not paying attention to what my body needs. I'm also not paying attention to what my emotional health does to my body. Mm-hmm. And that those three factors matter. So, you know, when we look at somebody that says, "Oh, you know, this is, this is like, There was this one guy that's been called out so many times by so many different people about, you know, in one video, he'll say, you know, don't buy this product, because it has two grams of added sugar. And then in the next video, he'll say, Oh, it's only six grams of added sugar. It's okay. It's approved, like, there's no consistency, and there's no context. And this person is not a nutritionist. This person has no study or education in food. This is all his own opinion. He's trying to sell his own products that has some of the things he tells you not to buy in other products. And so it's a fucking scam. Okay. This, but so many people are like, oh my God, he's so like, I have to eat this because he says it's okay. And I can't eat this stuff because it's toxic to me. Yeah. Not giving yourself the grace of, you have like, okay, I'm, let me talk something personal. I have stressed myself to the point of tears and upset on what food I'm supposed to eat. Well, Sorry. Don't because be we there's so much of this bullshit that exists online that says, this is how you do it. obviously this shit doesn't work. And then when I and then what happens is, when I do the things they say to do, because first of all, I'm not a I'm, I am not i am i do not have constant access to the amount of money that, that would take to sustain eating in that way. So then what do I do? I feel guilty. I feel like I failed. I feel like that I'm doing something wrong that it's because of me. And i've taken ownership my my wonderful primary care doctor said to me the other day look she said i've been through it all she says it is not your fault that this doesn't work and she's not talking like it's not my body's fault it's not my fault that signing on to what everybody is saying to do doesn't work It's because I am an individual person. My body digests foods in the unique way that it does. My body needs things that others may not need. And my body maybe needs needs stuff that others don't need and, or that I don't need stuff that others need. I, you don't know until you really investigate internally. That's why I say when we're looking outward for the answer and not willing to... In, look inward for the answer, ask our body what it needs, like whether, however you do it, whether it's by taking a, a like a genetic test that says, what are your food sensitivities? Like, what is your body not like? And what does, you know, what does your body need? What are your deficiencies? Are there mineral deficiencies? Do you have, like, I have a vitamin D deficiency because most autoimmune people do. And so that was something that I needed to understand there are ways to find this out and yeah okay it may cost money and i know that but it's it's worth maybe doing one thing at a time to okay i'm gonna look at the allergen part of my body Mm -hmm. i want to find out what my body's sensitive to yeah and having an understanding so what you're doing is you're kind of okay so i'm for me chicken I'm highly sensitive to, or moderately sensitive to. I'm like, really? But that's what they tell me to eat all the time when you're on a diet is chicken. So my body doesn't like chicken. So why am I force feeding myself chicken when it doesn't really like it?
0: It's I'm not creating more like, problems because it's right. inflammation in my body, which is the opposite of what I need to do.
1: <laughs> exactly. So it's 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 like, we have to be aware of, the, the Kool-Aid that we're drinking when we're signing on to these people. And they're going to use words that scare you like toxic and chemicals. And um, it's it's like garbage. And they're going to I posted this on my on my Facebook. There was a video that one of my favorite people that I, I do follow that I feel spends more time debunking some of these statements people are making and, and, and showing where the falsities lie. Like when they're saying tests show what tests where, like it's and and they did like a skit about him and his you know partner did a skit about how people use these inflammatory fear based words in order for you to like get into fear like okay I put that in my body, uh-huh. like yes there are good information, like fats feed the brain, like, there's good information, but be careful, be careful of what you're signing on to, because it's so hard. And the more you begin to spiral and feeling like it's your fault, feeling like you're the reason, you've failed yourself, you failed to follow this eating regimen, or you failed to be able to afford the eating regimen, like, all the things that that you're experiencing then what happens when you're feeling like you failed what do you do you look for comfort in whatever way that is you give up on what you're what you want you you take ownership of something that wasn't yours to own and then what do you do you don't get any better you get worse sometimes that's what happened to me i get into spaces where Like when I feel bad about myself, what do I do? I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to go eat the ice cream anyways, because what does it matter? I can't afford anything else. And I obviously can't stick to anything Mm -hmm. and it's not working. I'm broken. Mm -hmm. That's where I go to. I'm the one that's broken. Yeah. And that's a really shitty place to feel about yourself.
0: Yeah. And I think most people get to that place in one way or another and it, and it comes out in different ways. Cause even what you were talking about with comfort there are people who do it in the opposite direction they don't know what to do they feel like they're failing so they stop eating you know what i mean and that becomes their self-destructive behavior and like it's it's sad and 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 upsetting but as you were talking I, i just kept thinking of how we're trained you know like all of this being programming um that it is not our fault our programming we always say that like our our programming is not our fault it becomes our chore to figure out what is good for us and what is not good for us right and like and and I was talking to somebody the other day and I was talking about how it was like well it's pretty obvious to me that if my body wants Oreos that they're not good for me right like I'm like there are certain things that I'm a hundred percent on that it's like not good for me. You know what I mean? Like, and, 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 and and I'm aware of what I'm doing when I do it, right? Like, I definitely know when I'm like, this is, this is not nutritious. Literally, there's nobody can argue that this is nutritious. These Oreos not nutritious. What am I doing this for? Because sometimes I still would make that choice, I mean, I don't know why I use Oreos because I literally don't eat them. But for me, I guess that's just the to me like an indulgence of some sort, you know, of being like, or you know, like if even if I make my own brownies, you know, like there when I go over there, it's kind of like, what's my intention with eating these? I know there's a lot of sugar in them, which I know my body is not going to want to. Like, what am I doing right now? You know, like and just allowing myself to to be in a in a space of discovery. But I think like. We, we have all of this programming, but then we also have our lives that we're living. What you were just d- d- talking about, like the discovery is labor intensive because we're undoing programming. It would be one thing if all we had to do was go out there and get some information, but the, that information is fighting against, our, for me, my taste addiction. Like I love the taste of food. So I'm going against my taste addiction. So when I'm like, Oh, you know, like this, these grilled vegetables are better for me. There are times where I forget that I really like the taste of them. Because I'm like, you know what else I like the taste? Of? <laughs> Pizza. <laughs> right? Like, gluten and cheese pizza that my body is going to reject. I like the taste of that in my mouth also. And I may decide in my head that I want that more, right? And so then I have that decision to make of, you know, your own body, what decision are you gonna make and why? But it is undoing programming and redoing programming. A lot of people don't have the time, the space or the energy to do this and that's half of the problem. This is why we go online to get the instant gratification, to get the pill, to get the, you know, the the guide the, because I don't have the time or space to figure this out. I need it figured out for me so that all I have to do is follow a plan because I have time and space to follow a plan. But this create that, you know, like, this is where this cycle of abuse begins, is that where, you know, then then it's like, oh, well, it didn't work. So there must be something wrong with me, let me try another one. When we actually think about it, it's like, I did have the time and space because in this three year span that I tried 100 different diets, I probably could have figured this out. (laughs) If somebody had told me, sit down, listen to your body, it may still have taken three years, but you would have been on a health journey that made you feel better. And as you feel better, you get better. And you, you know, you learn about yourself. You reconnect with your body in a positive way. You're feeling like fueling your body. You're feeling, you know, like there's a feeling that goes along with it that does not happen when you're following somebody else's thing that isn't really working for you because you're not able to get that personal satisfaction, that empowerment, that that connectivity to your own body. It's almost like you're trying to connect to somebody else's body. You can't do that. But we're, you know, kind of used to that. We look to the outside world for answers for everything, right? Like we always, right? I, I love the Google. I'm the Google, like I'm the Google queen. Like yeah. I, in the middle of the night, like, like random weird ass shit. Like I want to know how that works. But what I've learned to do is to take that information and kick it around in my head and say, does that work for you? Does that not work for you? How does that feel? Because there's a tremendous amount of information out there. What does that, what does that sit like with me? You know, Um, but also I will say this too. Like I was thinking about it and I was like, I know that I've gone through phases where you, you give information. And this is what we do. This is what we do on the podcast. When we find yes. information that's like awesome, we're like, have it. Take this information because this is freaking awesome. I remember when I learned about internal medicine and like the inflama- like inflammation and all that kind of stuff and my gut health, I was like, I need to tell everybody about this because it's information I didn't have and I want other people to have it. Not as gospel, not as you all need to do it exactly the way I do it, but as holy shit, if you didn't have this information, I'd like for you to kick that around in your head too. Because wow, you know, like learning that you make serotonin in your gut too and not just your head is a fucking game changer for people who didn't know that, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're like, whoa, food as fuel takes on a different, like, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, oh, well, the, the pill that I take for my head chemicals, I could be doing something in my gut to help with my head chemicals Nobody teaches that really anymore or ever. Maybe, maybe that's part of, you know, like the, the advances of science. But so I think that there's part of that too. And that's, I think for me, when I go looking for information, that's the grain of salt that I take with. So like, if I'm listening to a podcast and there's an internal medicine doctor on there who isn't selling me a goddamn thing, they are, they, they they're out of network. Like they're, they have no need for my money. They're not looking for my money They're just giving information. I'm going to take their information differently than if it is a fitness expert who is trying to get me to buy their program. I'm probably not going to listen to them because even though I maybe see their body and I may see like their lifestyle and think, yeah, I mean, you probably are healthy. You You probably are athletic and can do athletic things that I'd like to do also, but you're trying to sell me something. And so I'm going to be wary of your information. I'll still take it though. I'll still kick it around in my head. I'll still think about whether or not that matters to me because it is still information. But the person who's not trying to sell me anything probably is a little bit more like me being like, "Holy shit, here's some information. It's so fucking cool. I hope you I hope it can help you if it's relevant for you." Yeah. You know, and there's like a huge difference out there, but we again, like we're so trained to say, what is it that you want? Find what you want, and then follow the plan that that person had. And it's like, whoa, that's like deep, deep, deep programming. Like, so deep (laughs) that we're trying to undo here. Again, it it takes a tremendous amount of energy. When I sit down with clients and we're doing this, it is incredibly difficult because we're battling things like the taste addiction. We're battling things like convenience. We're battling things like not having time to prepare meals and not having energy and being so afraid that you're going to waste your money because you don't know how to cook. I mean, I had this conversation a couple weeks ago with somebody that was like trying to cook something. It didn't come out great. And he felt like I wasted my money, like, and I don't have it like that. Right. I was trying to, you know, like what I was trying to do was in, in in a good way. I get it. I get why you would never want to do that again. Because to you, that feels like it was wasteful. To me, I'm like, keep trying, but it's not my money, <laughs> right? Like yeah. I'm not the one who just went through that trauma. So, you know, it's it's like, it is so deeply personal and it is very much like not an easy blanket statement to say either follow people or don't or listen to influencers or don't. You know, it it, it really is like the thing that we're always trying to teach everybody is like, sit with yourself with every single piece of information that you get, sit with yourself. You are the oracle. You are the answer. You are the expert on your body. When you're listening, you have, you have to be because the doctor knows what, a a freaking skeleton looks like. Right. But if my joints are not working the same way, I need to tell you my shoulder hurts you can't tell me my shoulder hurts. I have to tell you that I have to come with that information because I'm the expert on how my body feels. It's such deep programming though, to, to go outside that it's, I mean, it's really friggin' hard.
1: And you know, and, and this is not, there's two things I want to say. Um, first, you know, there's, there's a happy medium. If you're in that category where you're struggling just to buy food for your family or if you're just yourself, I get it. I get it. And there's sometimes we just have to go with where we're at. And I'm I'm I understand. I've been there. I'm kind of sometimes I'm still there. So I implore you to do the best you can. And to not judge yourself for where you're at. You can have intentions to want to be better. Absolutely. hundred percent, but manifest better. I mean, I think that there's part of it too, is like, yeah. like
0: you don't have to accept fully. You right. can accept partially like, man, this is where I'm at. Like, and I'm not in a space where that is a thing, but if it is a thing that you want, you can manifest it. Like yep. that's the other part of it is like reminding everybody that you don't have to sit in the space that you're in, that if you decide that you want to manifest m- more money for food, let's talk about it because you've decided that you want to be able to afford a different lifestyle. We talk about manifestation all the time. We forget to add this in. And I think that this is important. It's just something that popped into my head right now. Of like we're always talking about cars and houses and things like that, but shit. Like it is basic human <laughs> survival <laughs> to manifest enough money to be able to feed yourself the way you feel your body needs to be fed.
1: Yeah. And the other thing is, is that those of you who approach food without the conversation of your mental and emotional well being, you're missing a big portion of that. Because, mm-hmm. and I've done it in my life where I, just recently this spring you know i was working through a lot of some of the deep programming and the deep trauma that i was experiencing with my therapist and working through it and understanding it having better kind of becoming my own ally having a lot more compassion for myself all of those things created this alchemy where the food didn't hit the way that it hit before Mm. my comfort foods didn't hit like I, you know, I made chicken, so I'll have rice or some sort of like starchy veggie with it, or, you know, maybe green beans. If, if I'm like, okay, fine, I'll eat my vegetables. But, but to be honest with you, like, I didn't want any of that. I just wanted chicken and I wanted a salad. Like I really wanted a salad Mm -hmm. and I don't crave salad. Like y'all know, like if somebody doesn't make it for me, I'm probably not going to make myself a salad, but for like three weeks, That's all I wanted. That's all I wanted because I was emotionally stable. Doesn't mean I still wasn't processing or going through stuff, but there was a core part of me that felt safe and that felt the idea that I was supporting it and that felt like, oh, I've showed up. And it's not to say you need to go through all your trauma to figure this out. But what I'm saying is, is that I kind of hit an emotional balance because I felt like I supported myself. I was in a space where I was actively supporting me and and I gave myself permission. You want the cookie, eat the fucking cookie. We're not going to sit here and make you feel guilty about eating a cookie because in that moment you needed the cookie. And and that guilt creates, creates all sorts of chemical hormonal imbalances and making that cookie fat versus just letting that cookie pass through your system and creating more of an issue where now you want three cookies because you guilted yourself for the one cookie that you decided that you wanted so absolutely really really understand is that when it comes to our body and and, and our societal norms when it comes to what we should eat what we should look like how we should move our body all of that is subject to that person's experience and what that person believes that doesn't mean it applies to you some of it may you may take bits and pieces of it from different people and create your own magical discovery of what works for your body
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I just I I know it seems like a lot because it is a lot it but is, it is but it, doable, it is right it is.
0: like when we simplify and I think we both can attest to this when we've <laughs> simplified My God, it's not as difficult, right? Because listening to yourself is pretty easy if you allow yourself to do it, right? Like, oh God, I feel bloated. What did I eat today? It's one of those things. And right, like, and now I know that those things and the next time I, uh, next time I feel that way, if I've had one of those things too, oh, okay. It's probably that thing then. Okay. Now I understand, right? Like it is very, very simple because I'm doing it myself versus I've got to watch out for this. I've got to watch out for this. I've got to do this. I've got to take this test. i got to whatever. That's exhausting. When you simplify, when you, simplify, you re- it really is a lot easier. At least for me, it was re- so much easier to shut out the noise and just take the like, okay, well, introspective, what's happening? What's actually happening?
1: Yeah. And, and to give yourself permission to, you know, really take care of your body. Your body's not the problem that everybody wants you to think it is. Your body has just not been heard in the way that it needs to be in order for it to be in its optimal way, to run in its optimal way. Like that's the problem. So I mean, some of it's true. Well, like I can't
0: deny that like, no, it's, our food is not good. Like uh, on the on the whole, we're not doing the best job. We know this when we compare ourselves to like European countries and stuff. We're like, our food's, some, something's going on here. It's a yes. little different than other places. Like there's no denying that there's a whole societal issue that, you know, like that, that we don't want to give permission to, but it is giving understanding to, you know, to be like, well, yeah, it's going to be different. It's going to be harder because we do have a lot of we have a lot of stuff that we're going up against That Yep. Yeah.
1: but you know it's 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 we have to cope we have to meet ourselves where we're at you know i can and i agree with that a hundred percent but when i'm in a place of okay you know the organic free range like happy eggs are like seven dollars a dozen and the kind of the free range but i know it's not probably the greatest is $4 a dozen like I there's happy mediums and but it's understanding we can have awareness and understanding about stuff but don't let it turn it into fear where you feel if you can't buy the $7 carton of eggs you feel like you've failed or you feel you you, you feel like there's something you know we have to take baby steps in directions and do the best we can because I had this conversation with myself the other day because I wanted to buy the $7 eggs because that's what I like to buy but at that moment I was like okay this isn't my money doesn't stretch to that so where's my happy medium
0: well and let's not forget that we're lied to about everything so this is this is where like i'm like those probably aren't even really free-range chickens if we're being honest like because when we think of free range we think of like somebody's really nice farm and they're basically like oh they're not trapped in a cage it's like a bigger cage yeah But they're calling it free range so like take really and truly guys like take all of that with a grain of salt. I remember going through this with the organic conversation and I was like, what the, because it was like, it was strawberries. And I thought, well, why are these ones organic and these ones are not? And it's the same farm. And I was like, either you're spraying the air or you're not, you know what I mean? And it was like, it's air. The organic probably also has some pesticides on it because you can't block off Like, unless it's a completely separate (laughs) airspace, it's going to get there. And that took me down that rabbit hole of a lot of organic stuff is not organic because you can't clear the airspace of pesticides if it's being sprayed anywhere near. It's just, it's going to get there and then add in soil, health, And all of that kind of stuff. And it's like, man, it's big, big, lots and lots of big lies to make money. Right. So like, that's, that's the other part of it, guys, is that like, there's some of the expense of being healthy is completely unnecessary. So just know that too, that like, there are plenty of other, like when when you think people will talk about Aldi, right. Aldi is a great place to get like pretty decent stuff. It's off brand stuff right so these are these are not the people who need as much money because they're not doing the advertising they're not doing whatever there are some of those companies that are like giving you way more nutritious food because of that because they're not searching for overhead and they're not wrecking their soil and they're they're doing they're doing sustainable farming and things like that just yeah and I, I, I know again tons of information right you're hearing that and you're going oh I don't have time, Vanessa. I don't have time to look up if Nellie's chickens are happy (laughs) (laughs) and really roaming free and worth $7, (laughs) right? But that's that's part of like alleviating the guilt at least of being like, you know, like don't put yourself way over here if you're not able to finance it this way. Just know there's a lot of lies over there too.
1: Start with where you can make tiny changes because it'll add up it does let it take time let it take time rediscover your body in the way that works for you not in the way that we tell you or anybody else tells you take i mean we have enough people making decisions about our body and government let's not let's let's not continue to give that power away to people who don't really care about us it's not to say you know it's not to say some people don't or that their heart isn't in it but just understand is that they're just peddling information that they know it doesn't mean it works or applies for you Mm -hmm. um and if you're curious go back and listen to some of the the episodes of the body the body reclamation series we did a three-part episode about sensuality and sexuality in our bodies way back in the beginning so it's like episode like 12 or something, we did a three part like body series. Um, And it's funny, because I go back and listen sometimes and how we've evolved as, as our own personal growth has happened. But I will say this, and I will always say this, but your body is your own. And that nobody ever has a right to tell you whether it's good or bad or desirable or not, or whether it's um, worthy or not, because you are and it is worthy and lovable and desirable and yeah, maybe you want to make some changes. That's okay, too. But where you're at is where you're at and that's a good place to be. So I hope that we have helped you take back your freedom in the world of societal norms when it comes to your body. And if you have any questions, you know how to reach us. Um, We're here for you. We're here to help in any way we can. So take care. We'll see you next week. Love y'all. If you were triggered by anything said in this podcast, please dial 911 or go to your local emergency room
0: more deeply understand your unique emotional reaction to today's podcast, I'd love for you to connect with me. You can find me at counselor at gmail.com or at www.vanessaperry.net. And
1: if you wish to take your healing further through energy work or channeling angels or the highest level beings, please reach out to me, Grace, at graceevergreen.com or Grace Evergreen at Outlook.com. And always remember you are loved, you are worthy, and the world needs your light.